everyone. Thank you for joining us online. We're excited to share what God is doing in our midst and want to keep you up to date with the following. Lockdown is a time of prayer. Unity lies within the power to hear the same thing from God. Join us during this lockdown time to pray every morning at 6 only for 20 minutes on Zoom or on Monday nights for intercession from 8 to 9 p.m. We are discussing one chapter at a time with a week of exploring in between. Let's search the historical context and relevance of Daniel's prophecies together. Did you know that trauma can open up doors into your life that bring strongholds and repetitive patterns? At Liberty, we help you identify these, close the doors and let the light in. Join us for Liberty Course on the 5th to the 7th of June we will be looking at generational strongholds that have gained access via our own traumas. Our ministry is funded by the generous giving of our members and friends. Kindly support this ministry by giving towards our course. Please help us to help those in need by giving towards our BodySurve account. Hey guys, hope your day is going well uh, or has gone well depending on when you're watching this. Um, and if not, I want you to be encouraged that whatever you're going through right now, our God is able to supply uh, every need. Um, and on that point, I want to look at some scripture and from Philippians chapter 4. And there's a well-known verse in here, but um, I want to look at the text also before that. So I'm going to read from Philippians 4 verse 15. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving, except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So we know that that was uh, Paul speaking to the church in Philippi. And the point I want to really pick up here is around verse 19, which is the well-known verse, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I just want us to recognize here what that was in response to and what preceded it. So we see that um, Paul's need was met by the church through their generosity in giving and ensuring that his needs were met and he didn't go without. 
and that's such a representation of, of who our God is. And it begs the question, in terms of our own giving, sometimes we might have the question, can I afford to give? Or the reason that we might not give, particularly of our tithes and our offerings, is that we may feel that we don't have enough or what will be left will not be enough. So that it's too great a sacrifice. So that I, I would ask in response to that, is our God a God who would ask us to give? And yet, not be willing to meet our need and the sacrifice that it, it may cost us. So just to look into that further, I want to go to scripture and see what it says also about giving. And for that, we're going to look at Luke chapter 6 from verse 37. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And obviously that is not necessarily about, you know, what, what we give financially. That can cover many things, you know, as it spoke about judging and judging not. The intention there being that what we give we should expect in return. So if we're asked to give of our time by God, for example, it's a realistic expectation that God will give us time in return when we need it. You know, or even if we have a need of our own, sometimes God might ask us to give to somebody else exactly what that need represents. We might need be in need of forgiveness and God might ask us to forgive somebody else. And then the expectation would be that we should receive the same in return. So I would suggest to you that our God at the very least would meet and supply whatever our need is on any given occasion. So your response to that might be, well, I just don't have the faith for that. That what God is asking me to give is, is beyond my faith or you know, I don't have enough. So let's see what God says about faith. And for that, we're going to look at Hebrews from chapter 11 and verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So we know that we're a people who are called to faith. And without faith, we, we can't even believe that that God exists because we don't see him in the flesh but we trust and when God calls us to do things that 
that maybe stretches beyond what we feel we're able to give. We have to remember that some things do require faith. And that's what God calls us to do, respond in faith. So if God asks you to give something that, that seems a bit much or it seems like a sacrifice, you can know at the very least that God will meet and supply your need, whatever that might be. But that it requires faith in order for you to, to respond. But if you do respond, you know that God will respond in kind. So be encouraged today that whatever your, God, your need is of God, He is able and He will supply your every need if you bring it to Him in faith. Be blessed. Thank you. hope you're all well um, looking forward to seeing you soon and giving you some hugs um, I just wanted to share my testimony with you today um, just to say that um, um, I had an accident about three weeks ago on the A3 where I hit a deer unfortunately um, and fortunately the deer didn't fare too well and neither did my car um, but praise the Lord um, I was fine uh, no issues or injuries or anything like that and um, just to say yeah just to testify of God's goodness post that event um, just how he provided a courtesy car for me um, and it wasn't part of my insurance policy and I got that free of charge and then um, in terms of when it came to paying the monies um, it was quite a large amount uh, close on 900 pounds which I needed to pay in with excess and all that kind of jazz um, and the night before I needed to pay um, the tax man gave me a little gift of 893 pounds and 40p um, which meant I had 5 pounds and 40p change so I am very grateful um, that the Lord provided um, time and time again not only did he keep me safe but he also provided um, in the material things as well and I'm so grateful for that and um, I wanted to share that with you guys and just send you my love and um, just give glory to God because he is awesome looking forward to seeing you soon okay bye good morning uh, amazing to spend some time with you. Uh, just greetings from my wife uh, and my kids. Um, we love you guys and we so wish to uh, to do a barbecue in this beautiful weather with you um, as I look at the sunshine um, outside. Are we not blessed this year with a real summer? Um, walking in the streets of London, I can see, or driving actually, I saw so many people coming back to the streets um, in the midst of the COVID-19 um, situation and uh, people are again bringing it back to its old vibrant city self um, and we are celebrating to, to see one another little by little again. Um, this morning I want to share a few things with you that I believe is on God's heart for us. We've been praying for weeks now and, and God is just um, revealing such beautiful things to us um, and I was just reminded about that um, when uh, this week one of the ladies in our church uh, Magda uh, delivered uh, three pot plants to us um, it's actually a beautiful story because the three kids our three kids actually um, was given these plants by Magda um, 
and she nurtured them over the lockdown time and uh, sent them pictures to show them how these little plants were growing and they were competing with one another telling one another listen i've got the yellow pot plant uh, plant i've got the the orange one and and so they were in expectation to see which one is the biggest and when it arrived you know immediately zoe said mine is the largest and uh, um, Lana said, uh, at least mine's got the strawberry on. <laughs> so, um, so it's amazing to see the kids' response and, um, and just the beautiful way in which this lady, you know, nurtured these plants for them and the expectation in their hearts. And I was reminded about, you know, something that God is challenging us in the midst of these times. Uh, when you look at the TV, if you look at even ministry happening, if you look at... Um, you know, all kinds of ways in which people respond toward the COVID-19 changes that it brings to our lives. People are competing with one another. They are busy, um, you know, looking for ideas and even some stealing ideas from one another, um, you know, in order to, to get our heads around the situation that we are in and the changes that this situation is bringing to our lives. And there's a warning that I want to just leave with us this morning and the challenge. And I believe it can be such a blessing if we can get it right. Not to um, miss what God wants to do in our lives. And God challenged me, you know, in the midst of this, um, you know, we brainstormed this week and just started to, to plan in what, what will happen if lockdown is lifted now and we can have church again. And th through some ideas as pastors um, on the table and we spoke about how are we going to implement the strategy and as we were talking about it God just dropped in my spirit have you not learned anything um, I believe during this lockdown God really came to to speak to us and say to us listen stop competing stop striving stop doing a lot of stuff for me and learn to surrender and to do my will uh, in your lives. And uh, I, I don't want us to forget what God has established in us. Because it's so easy to, in our starting blocks again, after this lockdown period, um, start to run the race again and start to compete with one another and start to compete with our circumstances and the creative ideas that we want to put on the table and miss the essence, the heart of what God wanted to establish in this time. So um, I want to read out of 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse um, 37. If you can uh, turn in your Bibles, if you have your Bibles with you, please turn to uh, those scriptures so that you can read out of the Word of God. Read the Word of God. <laughs> Make sure that in this time you don't neglect making the Word your own. So if you can read out of the, the Bible, please do so. 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 37 to 39 and david said the lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the philistine and saul said to david go the lord would be with you then saul clothed david with his armor with his armor um, he put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat um, of mail and David strapped his sword over his armor, and he tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, 
No, Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. So David put them off. And, uh, and this is a strong reminder that, um, you know, the armor of Saul works for Saul. And it works very well for Saul. Um, but not necessarily for David. And, uh, and David knew this. And so I want to say to you this morning, uh, you know, the, the weaponry, the tools, the gifted um, talents that God has given people around you is not necessarily bestowed upon your life. Uh, David at this time brought food for his brothers um, to the war and um, he himself was too young still. He was attending the, the flock still at his father's house. And, um, and then he saw this giant defying the armies of God. And, uh, and he decided to face this giant because nobody else wanted. Nobody else saw what he saw in, um, in uh, facing the giant and said, Listen, I would rather, you know, face this giant and make sure that he does not defy the armies of God. And so, so David went against the, the, um, the giant and we know what happened. Um, you know, he, he slayed him. But um, there's, there's three things that I want to mention. The first one is that your journey is tailor-made for you. Stop competing and, uh, and even, you know, placing yourself against somebody else's um, um, journey. God has a journey for your life. Just remember, David did not sign up for war at this time even. Uh, he was not even trained in the art of war, of battle, um, by the Israeli army. <laughs> he was um, there by accident, wanting to bring food for his brothers. But God prepared him for such a day. It was a, a confidence in God that made him to win the battle. And so Saul's armor was uncomfortable, but only for David. It worked for Saul, uh, but for David, it was too much. And so your journey is tailor-made for what God wants to establish in and through your life. Just reading the word of God again this week and being reminded that Jesus said he knew where he was coming from and where he was going, um, was facing the Pharisees and Sadducees. And, uh, and therefore, know that people around you are busy fulfilling the mandate that God has given them. And they may be in a different growth curve. They may be in a, a different role even than yourself. Um, David have been trained up to, to face the lion and the bear with his slingshot. And that was where his confidence was in. And so God is bringing us a, a strong warning. Listen, I've raised you up for a day such as this. I'm not um, confused. I'm not caught off guard. I've got a plan and purpose for you, and I've also um, trained you for such a time. John chapter 9, verse 1 to 3, beautiful story that Jesus faced again with the Pharisees, but also with his disciples. Uh, it says in verse 1 of chapter 9, As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? this man or his parents, that he was born blind. And Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. Yo, these are hard words. Verse 6, 
Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with saliva, and then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So they went and washed and came back seeing. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is he. Others said, No, but he is like him. He kept saying, I'm the man. So they said to him, Then how were your eyes opened? And he answered, The man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. You know, the, the challenge that we have is that uh, this man was sitting uh, in the streets uh, begging for quite a long time. He was over 40 years already old. He was born blind. And yet he received his sight again. Immediately the people were challenging him and saying, but is this not the man that was sitting in the streets begging all the time? For our lives, it's the same. You know, Jesus comes to our lives and he changes and transforms and he, he journeys with us. And, and people immediately start to question, is this not just the guy around the corner? Are you not just the guy that made this mistake the other day and, you know, has uh, so many things um, wrong in your life? And yet, for this blind man, there's no ways that he can turn back because Jesus has touched his life. Um, God set him up for victory. And, uh, you know, it's difficult for us to understand and to even grapple our heads around the dynamic of what is happening in this man's life. Because does this mean that, you know, God would allow a person for 40 years to not have sight so that he can do one miracle um, to prove to the Pharisees and Sadducees that he is... Um, you know, the performer of miracles and that he is sent from God. You know, there's, there's so much that goes on in our heads when we think about this whole scenario. Um, this young man clearly had parents. Later on in the chapter of 9, we read that um, his parents were even confronted. You know, what is happening in his life? And they didn't know. Uh, clearly, you know, he was sitting at the street begging not just because he needed money, because he had parents that could look after him. But he was a broken reed. He was a person that, that had um, the back end of life. And yet, God came into his life. Jesus came into his life to transform. And, um, and so we, we can easily ask ourselves, you know, what, what is happening here? Why 40 years? We don't know the ways of God and... You know, if we read Isaiah 55 again, we, we know that God's ways is so much higher than ours. Our journey is so unique. The plans and purposes that God has in this journey with us is so unique and it does not compare with anyone around us. It, um, it's not something that we can even, um, you know, explain to somebody else in full. We can maybe testify and we can tell people of what God is doing in our lives. But this journey is so individual, so uh, unique. And then I know that when we say individual, we're not saying that 
God is not moving collectively because he is. God is a collective God. But our, our picture, you know, gets unfolded within the collective um, power of God and his sovereign will. And so we don't understand his ways and we will not never until we get to him one day and he can explain it to us. But I can tell you that for this man, there's a moment of victory. There's a moment of visitation in his life and people around him does not even understand it. They start to try to grapple their, their minds around it. But God sets us up for victory. You know, I was thinking, you know, about Jonah and, uh, and Jonah's journey. Uh, wanting to, to run away from what God had in store for him. And yet, you know, God took him to Nineveh. And, and then one of the most beautiful parts of Jonah's story for me is always the preparedness of the people of Nineveh when he starts to proclaim the judgment of God on that city. There's no ways that he could in his best abilities and anointing share the, uh, the story of repentance and the story of judgment and see such a um, national uh, repentance happening. God had to prepare the way for Jonah. And so God set us up for victory. God set us up for moments like this. And I want to say to you, you may be sitting in COVID-19 and you're looking at people, um, you know, that, that really gets it right in conquering, you know, the challenges that COVID-19 brings to us with creative ideas and new ideas and new things happening and expectation that's rising in their lives. And you sit there and you think, but what's happening? It's not happening in my life. And I want to say to you, God's journey with you are so unique that he wants to connect with your spirit and he wants to remind you of the things that he has done and that he's still going to do uh, in your life. Um, and so, you know, I look at uh, the changing of the gods busy happening, you know, of the spiritual giants that God has given us globally. Uh, people like Ravi Zacharias, Billy Graham, that, that all died the last um, few years. Reinhard Bonker, David Pawson. And, um, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, help us, God, not to try to measure up to those who've walked, but uh, to take hold of our own responsibility, the things that you have installed for us. And so I want to challenge you, get it right in your heart before this, you um, get out of the starting blocks to, uh, to focus on what God has in store for you. Secondly, be faithful and persevere in what God has for you. Galatians 6 verse 2 to 4, 5 says, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing he deceives himself. But let each one of you be tested in his own work. And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load and the picture that we got in intercession was just a baton a race being um, you know completed but um, this race is while running you know the biggest challenge that that there is is that we are trying to pick up the baton from those who are letting it almost fall or even 
the patterns that are falling. And God is saying to us, um, I've got a unique race with each person. Don't take the pattern from them without them completing the race. And so each one of us must complete the load and the expectation that God has upon our lives, the journey that he's walking with us. And so maybe it's hard for you. Maybe it's, it's, it's really a challenging and trying time because COVID-19 is now um, on for so long. And I can tell you it's not honeymoon anymore. <laughs> There's uh, things that we need to face about our lives that is not that pleasant. And yet it's our journey. Each one of us have an individual journey that God wants to complete. And, um, and the only thing that we can do, and that's the challenge for me. I, I was sitting here the other day. My wife said to me, you are so agitated with us, with me and the kids. And I realized that, um, you know, when it gets to the fruit of the spirit, it's something that I must cultivate. Um, even in the midst of my challenges, I cannot be off guard. I must make sure to, to cultivate the things of God and let the Spirit of God work within my life. Galatians 5, 19 to 26. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, and this is beautiful. And this is something, you know, the gifts of the Spirit is irrevocable and it's gifted to us. But the, uh, the fruits of the Spirit is something that we must cultivate constantly in our lives because we've got the Spirit within us. It uh, says here, gentleness. Now, let me uh, go back to verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. We live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. It's a beautiful time to persevere. Don't not finish the race. Do not allow the baton to fall. God has placed a load on you that is not too heavy for you to carry. He would not have given you this test uh, to endure if he was not confident that you would be able to make it. He's not a, a cruel father that will give us things that is above our ability. And then thirdly, um, and lastly, awake. John chapter 9 then, I want to get back to that. Um, you know, in between those verses that we read, verse 4 and 5, it says, we must work the works of him. And this is Jesus responding after saying that um, this man was blinded for a purpose, um, to glorify God. So uh, listen to verse 4 again. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming 
when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. To count our days. To come to a place where we know that, you know, God wants to do extraordinary things. And, and let this be an encouragement to you this morning. That God wants to do awesome things in your life. That God has gifted you um, to, uh, to overcome and to, 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 to reach the end of this race. To take the baton, baton all the way. Psalm 90 verse 10 is such a beautiful scripture in this. Verse 10 says, The years of our lives are 70 or even by reason of strength 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Oh God, we are praying for a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Verse 14. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Be re rejoicing and glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants, and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us. God, we pray for your favor upon our lives, that your plans and purposes will unfold and establish the work of our hands upon us. Establish the work of our hands. Wake, watchmen. Wake those who slumber and stand up for what God wants to do in your life. It's not a time to end the race too soon. It's not a time to let the baton fall. It's not a time to put on Saul's armor. It's a time to surrender to God's promises in our lives. Um, I, uh, again, uh, through the intercession, God was reminding us that um, He's sending watchmen on the wall to protect us in this time. And we must awake the watchmen. We must ask them to be vigilant. And all of us must be vigilant. All of us must start to stand on the walls and listen and hear God's seasons and times for what it is. Because the wolves from the forest wants to come and steal from the sheep. Uh, the other picture that we saw was seagulls actually um, stealing the food of the people before they can actually eat it. The truth, the word of God going out to to change and transform lives and the enemy steals it. And God is saying it's a time to arise and not slumber. To, uh, to pray against the wicked one to, to not steal from us. To not bring even strife in our ranks and to compete with other people. But to be focused on the things that he has called us to do. And, um, and so it's really time for Saul's armor to, uh, to be removed from our bodies. To come to the place where David was. I can't put this on. Because this might make me lose the battle. God, I'm not going to compete with anyone else around me. I know where you have brought me from. 
uh, Saul's armor is going to make me clumsy. It's going to make me to measure myself against the awesomeness of Saul's um, abilities. And even the hostility and strife that such action brings into my life. You know, I, I look at the rest of chapter 9 of John and I realize that, again, the, um, the opposition of Jesus is, is coming to ask questions, to criticize, to, to examine. So why is this blind man that was blind for 40 years healed by Jesus and again on the Sabbath? <laughs> Um, against the laws, the Jewish laws of, um, of Moses. And, um, and they're criticizing. And the spirit that they bring in is that of competition and of, listen, if, if he can do it, why can't we? You know, and is it authentic? Is these um, miracles authentic? And this is so typical about us is as soon as we keep our eyes off Jesus and his plan and purposes for our lives, we start to compete with what's happening around us. Uh, we're starting to, to have these critical and judgmental attitudes that is not of God. And I want to say to you, putting on David's armor means that you only have a slingshot, the thing that you're used to, and you have the courage of God to Put your confidence in him. That whenever he says the giant is going to fall, he's going to fall because God has said. And God let not his armies be defied. And, um, and this morning I want to pray for you. I want to trust that God is going to touch your life. He's going to actually uh, bring you from the starting blocks into a new season where his favor will be upon your life. So that you will count your days and see awesome things happen. That you will run the race but with fervency and, um, and blessing. And so you might be discouraged this morning. Uh, you might be fed up with your current limitations and circumstances. You might feel that COVID-19 you know, really brought me to a place of even examining myself. And I feel filthy about myself. You maybe feel that um, you've measured yourself against many other people around you and circumstances and you feel that you've not made it. <laughs> You're not the blessing that God has called you to be. Maybe you feel this morning that those who are competing with you make you feel inadequate. Or maybe just... You know, you are in a situation where you're normally the giver. You're the person that gives financially or bless people around you in such an enormous way. But it became your identity. And God is saying it's time to receive. Maybe you're receiving and it's very uncomfortable for you because normally you are the person that are in total control of your circumstances. And I want to say to you this morning, God brought us on this journey. So that we can come closer to him. That the journey with him can become real again. But he loves you. He loves you so um, deeply. And I want to pray for you this morning. I want to trust that really he is going to make an impact 
on your life. Let's bow our heads. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that all these thoughts that we are bombarded with and comparing ourselves with others and their creativity and Father God, even our inadequacy, Father, that these thoughts will be taken captive this morning and that you will bring freedom in our lives, the freedom of knowing ourselves in you and what you came to establish in and through our lives. Nobody listening this morning, um, Father, lives a life in vain because you've called them for a day such as this. And Father, you have prepared them for such a day. And Father, I pray this morning, I can see people of this, that is sitting in their homes now and Father, they are challenged with discouragement. It feels like life is not even making sense anymore. Father, I pray now that you will come and touch them right there where they are. I pray that, Father God, you will come and speak right into their circumstances and remind them of the beautiful things that you are about to do in and through them. Father, I pray that some will take off Saul's armor and, Father, replace them with your promises in their lives. I pray, Father, for those who are normally so in control of being the givers and find it difficult in these times to receive. I pray, Father, that you will challenge them in such a gentle way to allow them, Father God, to, to not be in control, but to surrender to your Lordship, Father God, and even your blessings through other people's lives. Father, I sense this morning that there's somebody sitting listening to this um, sermon. Father God, and they are in deep grief. Grief over, Father God, the loss of Father relationships and feel a sense of emptiness and uh, Father God, despair. I want to pray that you will speak into their lives right now and bring life and life in abundance. Father, that you will bring hope, that you will show them that their giants are not as big as it um, was uh, displayed to them. But Father God, you are the awesome victor in our lives. And Father, I pray this morning that mighty giants will rise and get back on the walls and start to pray and Father, transform communities because they are speaking right into your will and purposes for those communities. I pray, Father, for um, the seagulls to be removed, Father, from our lives so that again we will eat the bread of life and experience the life-giving power that you want to bring into our lives. We pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. If any of you need more ministry, I want to encourage you not to leave this platform, but to please, if you are listening to the live version, please uh, afterwards slot in uh, with Zoom. There's a link below. Uh, and we want to pray for you. We want to trust God for breakthroughs in your life. We want to trust God that He's going to meet with you. Um, so please follow the link and we would gladly, there's facilitators ready 
to pray for you. If uh, you are listening to it, um, you know, maybe a few hours after the um, uh, sermon was posted, then I want to ask you to please send us an email, chat uh, at shofaronline.uk, and uh, we will gladly uh, make even an appointment with you if necessary um, to pray with you. Be blessed and make sure to, uh, to dress yourself with the promises of God for your life. Amen.